Focus on Life. Hello, welcome to Lucas on Life. You're listening to Premier Christian Radio. I'm Jeff Lucas and a very happy Easter. Easter, it's not about chocolate eggs. It's not even about cute bunnies, but rather it's the message that death is beaten. At Easter time, Jesus did some very real life and death business. We know, don't we? At the cross, he dealt with every barrier that could prevent us from experiencing a close-up relationship with God that is for here and eternity. This last Good Friday, we've reflected on the truth that broken on the cross, he died. And some thought then that it was all over. But it was really just the beginning because we celebrate that three days later, he came to life again, overcoming death itself, proving himself once and for all to be far more than a religious teacher or a good man. Followers of Jesus believe and affirm that he broke out of the tomb and now offers us the free gift of new life, purpose and peace. And this Easter message that we celebrate is dangerous, one that subverts mere survival. It calls for a decision from us all. It's either the greatest story ever told, or it's just more Easter bunk. We're all invited to choose. The restaurant was heaving with post-church diners. I scanned the throng, looking for Kay, who had gone ahead to secure a table. I'd enjoyed church, mostly. The Easter Sunday morning service is usually my favourite, but when we shared the traditional resurrection greeting, a niggle surfaced in my heart. The smiling pastor exclaimed, The Lord is risen, and on cue, the congregation joyfully replied, He is risen indeed, and I joined in with the expected response. I sensed, though, the faintest hint of a question mark, but I couldn't think why. I do believe that Jesus is alive right now, despite it being entirely impossible for a man dead three days to neatly fold up his own shroud and walk out into the sunlight. But with God, all things are possible. No, this was not an attack of raw doubt, but something more subtle. Brushing the niggle aside like a pesky mosquito, it was then that I saw them, a crowded table of ten, waving at me, inviting me to come over. As one of the pastoral staff of a church of thousands in a relatively small city, this often happens. I bump into people who know me because they see me on a platform, but I don't know them. I strolled over to their table. Hi, everyone. Happy Easter. How are you? They nodded, smiled, and said they were fine, and I launched into some fairly nondescript chatter. They joined in politely as I blethered on about this and that. But after a minute or three, I sensed yet another niggle. Something was amiss here, because they were looking nervous. There was some shuffling in their seats. The source of discomfort couldn't be the furniture upholstery. Perhaps I'd overstayed my welcome. It's happened before. And then a more awful thought dawned on me. I decided to ask, um, I don't think that you know me, do you? One of them, a very brave soul, confirmed my worst fear. You're right, sir. We've never seen you before in our lives. But you waved me over when I walked into the restaurant, I protested. We were waving at the chap behind you. 
My face flushed crimson. I wanted the ground to swallow me up. There was nothing else to say but apologise. I am so very, very sorry. I'll go away now forever, I mumbled, making a hasty retreat. They were greeting someone else, not me. Reflecting later, the episode helped me to identify the source of my Easter mid-service anxiety. Sometimes I worry that something similar will happen when I finally meet Jesus. He'll smile, open his arms wide for a hug, and I'll rush towards him. But then the joy that I feel is suddenly vaporized as he steps back, a look of consternation now on his face. I'm sorry, he says, his eyes sad now. I was talking to the person behind you, not you. We can develop the feeling that Jesus loves the world broadly, but not necessarily us personally. What we believe can distill into being just cold theory. What we believe can distill into being just cold theory, like our belief in the existence of the planet Neptune. We know that it's out there, but its existence doesn't make any impact on how we think and live. We're left feeling like spectators, outsiders even, when the great truths of the faith are celebrated, like now, at Easter time. It's easy to feel counted out when it comes to blessing and counted in when judgment is sounded. If I stood up in church and announced that the Lord had revealed to me that there were some people present who brought special delight to him because of their good choices, a lot of people would be craning their necks, looking around, wondering who it was that would merit such encouragement, but not thinking for a moment that it could be them. Conversely, if I declared that I felt there were some who had irritated God and should ready themselves for a dose of fire and brimstone, many would rush to think that their fireproof underwear might be a wise shopping choice. The good news of the cross and resurrection is for all of us who often feel like we're on the outside, looking in. A dying thief was promised paradise. Thomas, most famous for his doubting, missed the meeting of his life, but was then treated to another opportunity to encounter the risen Jesus. Peter, foot squarely in his mouth with a fireside denial, was treated to an early morning fireside breakfast. Christ is risen. He's preparing a place for us. We'll be with him and tears, sorrow and death will have all gone away forever. The good news of Easter is for you, me, us. The Lord is risen. He is risen indeed. Hallelujah. Sometimes important things slip from my mind. A person at church asks me for prayer and panic sets in because I realise that I can't remember their name, resorting to saying, I just pray for um, this man or this woman that you love or even my brother is unconvincing and definitely unhelpful, especially if the person is requesting prayer because they feel insignificant because nobody ever notices them or remembers their name. I forget my keys. I forget the directions to where I'm going. And oh yes, I forget that I'm going to live forever. That's right. As I said earlier, the Easter message has got nothing to do with grinning bunnies or chocolate eggs. It includes the truth that in Christ, life doesn't stop when the muscle of our heart does. We're destined, in Christ, not just for endless existence, but eternal life. 
We don't know much about what that will look like, but we can be assured that it won't involve angels endlessly strumming harps while drifting around on candy-floss clouds or the predictability of a billion-year-long prayer meeting. Yes, the details of this resurrection life are sketchy, but this much is wonderfully true. We will be together, and that togetherness will include Jesus face-to-face, the centre of attention. But that truth can be eclipsed not only by busyness, but also by yet another pendulum swing reaction. We've rightly reacted to the false notion that the Christian message is just about getting people signed up for a blissful forever. We've realised that the kingdom of God is very much now, but in doing so we might have neglected the truth that it is also not yet, that there's more. And eternity had slipped my mind until a friend and neighbour, Isla, nudged my memory. It was a much-needed nudge. Isla was a Christian. She's lived a really adventurous life, married to Gary, who's climbed some of the highest mountains in the world. She has travelled the planet and seen some amazing sights. Recently, she found herself viewing a less inspiring spot, the inside of a cancer ward. All treatment options were explored, but ultimately, Isla received the dreaded news that she was dying of cancer. She put up the bravest of fights, even submitting herself to experimental treatment in an attempt to send packing the dispassionate bully that is cancer. She refused to panic in the shadow of that bully, but stared it down with calm, dignified faith. There were times when it seemed that the cancer might have been tamed, cowered by the genius of the tireless medics. But then doctors told her that there was nothing more to be done. All options have been exhausted. They sent Isla home to die. And so we stopped by to see her. Weakened and aged by the disease, she was battling nausea and pain. But a beautiful light shone in the few moments that we shared, banishing the shadow that death casts. The light source was in a woman who was staring at impending death, but did so with such enormous courage and hope. She was living and dying in the Easter message. We asked Isla how we might pray for her, and she selflessly said she wanted God to strengthen her loved ones because she knew that her passing would bring such heartbreak and grief, and there was not a shred of self-pity, not a hint of angry rage. Then it was time for us to leave. For a moment, it felt awkward because we were leaving town, leaving the country, and we all knew that this would likely be the last time we saw each other. I kissed her on the cheek, thanked her for being such a wonderful neighbour, and then I took a deep breath. Isla, it's not goodbye, is it? We all know, because of the Easter message, it's just good night. Whatever happens, we'll see you in the morning. Resurrection morning. She nodded and smiled, her eyes bright, and we prayed together, affirming that she was safe, totally secure with Jesus. And now, as I share these words with you this Easter Sunday evening, she is with him. The news came through that Isla had passed, but not only had she lived well, but died well, able to say goodbye. That doesn't happen as often as we might think. Sometimes when Christians are dying, they and others around them go into denial, thinking that to concede that death might be imminent seems like they're denying their faith claim for healing, and they spend their last days denying what is obvious, 
Tragically, some die with a sense of failure. This is outrageous. Enduring the pain of terminal disease is more than enough without this additional burden of irrational and quite undeserved shame. I know of one dear man who, having been given a terminal diagnosis, refused to let his church know because he didn't want to disappoint the intercessors. He passed with a lingering feeling that he'd let the side down, and that is so tragic. For many, there is no beautiful, tearful farewell. If I was going on a long journey that involves separation from my friends and family, I'd love to be able to let them know that I'm off and bid them goodbye for now. Isla did just that. You see, the gospel, the Easter message, it is about life before death as we pray, serve, give, work to see the kingdom come on earth. But it's also about life after death as the new Jerusalem comes down to a renewed earth and a new kind of living is rolled out. This much is true. Pain, cancer and tears won't be there because Jesus will be there. Sadness will be evicted permanently. I know, it can sound too good to be true, but the message is not less true because it's so very, very good. That's why we call the gospel the good news. So, as often as we can, and again fittingly at this Easter time, let's remind each other of this truly good and great news. Death is beaten, vanquished in Christ. Too often we forget. I had, until a brave lady who lived next door reminded me. Her name is still Isla, and because Christ was and is, she still is too. She climbed the Everest of death and found that at the summit there is no flag, but rather a cross and an empty tomb. Isla. Now that's one name that won't slip my mind. I'm so glad and grateful that you've been able to join me this Easter Sunday evening as we've been reminding each other that the Easter message, it is about life with Jesus now. But as we draw perhaps hopefully towards the end of a season where death has crept closer and where grief has been so much a part of our everyday vocabulary, we affirm once again that this Jesus beat death and hell and that as followers of his, not only do we join him in that victory, but we have the greatest message in the universe. Christ has died. Christ is risen. Christ will come again. A very, very happy Easter. Lucas on Life.